Welcome to Factor Magri, dedicated to New Zealand's primary industry. Each week, I talk with farmers and producers, the science community, industry, and policymakers to hear their stories that impact both our rural and our urban communities. Let's take a look at the lamb and beef markets. Quite often, store stock will go from the South Island to the North Island. Currently, quite a number of North Island store lambs are travelling in the opposite direction to the South Island and trading at around $3.20 a kilogram, which is considerably cheaper than South Island lambs, which are trading at around $3.80 to $3.90 a kilogram. Farmers in the South should expect store prices to remain at these levels or firm further, particularly in Canterbury as rain begins to fall and is forecast for most of the weekend which of course will bolster feed supplies. Local lamb pricing at the processes has again eased in the North Island. The dry is hurting and we have seen 10 cents a kilogram come off every week for the past four weeks. Carcass weights are underwhelming due to weather conditions and farmers are struggling to get lambs up to weight to fulfill orders. This will be particularly tough for farmers who have locked in contracts to meet certain weight criteria within a certain time frame. The cattle export market remains relatively strong, with very good global demand. However, strong export values combined with a lower NZ dollar is supporting farm gate prices. Australia has had a wet spring and early summer, allowing faster herd rebuilding. And this could be our biggest challenge for New Zealand exporters and indeed farm gate returns in 2022. A 250kg steer at the processor is fetching between $5.80 and $6 per kilogram around the country. Whilst this is very good money for the time of year, but as I talked about last week, farm input costs have risen sharply which is impacting margins. This week joining me on the show is Marina Shearer. Marina has been on the show previously. She is a sheep and beef farmer, is also a personal coach. Her business, Profile Coaching, not only helps people in the farming community, but any individual and indeed corporate teams. She's joining me on the show to talk about sustaining oneself. So let's check in with her now. Hello, Marina, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Toe Angus. Now tell me, how important... Is it for people to be focusing on well-being right now? Well, I've said it before and I'll say it again. In the world of sustainable practice, the most important practice is the one of sustaining in this order, first yourself, then your immediate family, then your wider family, and then your community. And there are some individuals who are really good at providing support in their community but not so much to their own family. And there are others who are good at providing it to their family, but not to themselves. There are actually many individuals who spend more time and money investment on their animal welfare than they do on their personal welfare. Mm. Can you give me an example of this? Oh, sure. Many rural people are aware that in New Zealand, we're selenium deficient in our soil. And there are thousands of farmers all over New Zealand who are either adding selenium to their pasture to compensate for the deficiency or they're adding it as a mineral supplement to feed. Now, everyone knows that if the soil is deficient, it will have a health impact on stock. 
And of course, that means it will have an impact on us humans as well. But the question I ask is, do you take animal health more seriously than your own health? Low selenium has been associated in humans with depressed mood, anxiety and confusion. If ever we need to be positive, peaceful and resolute in our thinking, it's now. So I'm saying, what are you doing for your own selenium deficiency? And I'm guessing and assuming you have some suggestions. Well, Angus, adults need 55 micrograms of selenium per day. And it's possible to take one drop of selenium in a glass of water daily to ensure you have your daily dose. That's what I do. Or you could simply eat one Brazil nut every day. Now, there are other selenium-rich foods, but you need to add up your numbers to work out if you've reached the threshold to get your daily dose of selenium. And I wonder how many individuals have considered that selenium could be a factor in their own well-being toolkit. That's interesting. So... It's a matter of practice what you preach in the animal health realm. Yeah, absolutely. Well-being in a peaceful time of low stress is often perceived by many to be an optional extra to life if you need it. People who are sick need to think about their well-being and people who are suffering with psychological issues need well-being. But hey, I don't need it because I'm fine. Well-being mm. is a discussion that's often relegated to the realms of if I need it, I'll do it, but not before I need it. Well-being should not be categorised as an emergency resource, but rather as a preventative measure. Mm, that's interesting. What are we dealing with as a rural community at the moment that could be causing extra stress? Well, right now there's the extreme weather event playing out on the West Coast and my thoughts go out to everyone on the coast who's dealing with the impact of the rain, the clean-up and the financial toll. Whenever we're battered by an episode like this, our adrenaline is kicking into action and there's a huge physical and psychological toll. Added on to that, or for some, some places different around New Zealand, prices are increasing every which way you turn. Everything has increased in price, with fertiliser increasing by 50%. Interest rates have risen. I assume they're going to rise further. Forestry prices have plummeted due, due to the shipping crisis. And the COVID pandemic has reached its tentacles into the rural community, with farmers receiving letters from various organisations stating what their new terms of engagement are. What are some things we can change to help us cope psychologically? Well, according to the CDC, the Centre for Disease Control and Prevention, the COVID outbreak is proving stressful for most people. During an infectious disease outbreak, the CDC says stress can include changes in sleep or eating patterns, worsening of mental health conditions, fear and worry about your health and the health of loved ones, and difficulty concentrating. Compounding this stress is this constant stream of news about COVID-19 that we're exposed to on a daily, hourly, sometimes even minute-by-minute basis. Now, psychologist Dr. Logan Jones says a lot of the news that we consume today isn't so much reporting as it is a way of keeping people addicted to the news cycle because sensational headlines get more attention 
Jones says media outlets often end up focusing on disaster reporting and rarely is there any positive news. Consuming too much of this kind of negative news, whether actively or passively, can actually be really toxic and what you hear has an impact on your mood. Even if it's just noise in the background, an alarmist news broadcast will still have a negative effect on your psyche. Basically, consuming the news activates your sympathetic nervous system, which causes your body to release stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline, which impact us ruthlessly. And no one walks away unharmed by cortisol and adrenaline. So how do cortisol and adrenaline affect us? Well, uh, firstly, through an increased heart rate and increased blood pressure. It's the old fight or flight impact on our body. When cortisol, when, when we uh, feel the stress response, our body goes into fight or flight. And so both are preparing us to either run or to fight against whatever it is that we're stressed by. And when our heart rate and our blood pressure are increased, in order to do that, glucose is rushed around our body to go to our heart, to go to our muscles, to prepare us to run. And so that that can happen, a whole lot of stuff in our body shuts down, like our metabolism, like our immunity department and our digestion department, which is often why people who are stressed for long periods of time put on weight because cortisol and adrenaline can actually make us increase weight. Okay, that's interesting. Now, we talked over a year ago about the importance of looking after yourself. What has changed in your advice from then to now? Sustaining your health physically and mentally now has to be the top of your agenda. You need to make this a priority in your life now if you haven't already. So... My guidance, my guidelines, limit your news time and your social media to 30 minutes a day. Don't just take an injection and walk away from all the other immunity preventions that you can take part in. Ensure that you're preparing your body for immunity in other ways. Um, there are so many things that can be done that are still important to do, even if you're jabbed, like including honey regularly in your diet that is antiviral and antibacterial, checking out your vitamin and mineral deficiencies and compensating for them, eating more raw food, eating less processed food, reducing your amount of caffeine and alcohol, increasing your water intake, and adding things like Pilates, yoga, or swimming into your life just to help you relax. Now, you are very big on getting off your property too, if I remember rightly. Yeah, I am, Angus. It's a huge factor for well-being, and I promote it to everyone, especially if you come from a workaholic farming background or you have a workaholic mindset. You really need to be factoring in small and regular breaks away from where you work and live. And I don't mean that you lie on the couch and watch cricket for an afternoon. I mean transferring yourself to a place with therapeutic properties, like a mental health visit to Kaikoura for the day, or Lake Rotawiti for an overnight stay, just to walk through the beautiful native bush, listen to the bird song, feed the eels at the jetty, 
or pack a picnic and drive the rainbow or the Molesworth. Stay at Mount Lyford and soak in their hot tubs in the bush. Do the things that rural people like to do, but make it a mini version, something that you can cope with. We don't want it to add extra stress to your life, just a, a one day off property or an overnight visit. Just something to give you a different um, environment and just somewhere to go where you can actually chill and relax. Because when you're watching cricket on the couch, you're often thinking of all the jobs that you should be doing. And so you're not even relaxing because you're sort of fighting against yourself that I should I should be fencing or I should be checking those, those that stock or I should be I should be doing any number of other things. Tell you what, I could certainly go a soak in a tub at Mount Lyford right now or even a trip to Rotoiti. You've you've named some magnificent parts of the world there. Now, is there um is there any other tip you want to share in closing? Yeah, I'm gonna give you the opposite advice of what our Prime Minister said in 2021. She advised us not to talk to our neighbours through the fear of community transmission. But I'm going to say that connecting with your neighbours and your community is a key ingredient in your well-being. Cutting yourself off from your neighbours and your community is the worst advice I've ever heard. I've got a close friend, Angus. She's 78 and she lives alone. She's sustained by those who live around her. Connecting with her neighbours for a brief chat as they walk by in the morning or one of them popping over to share morning tea that's what's sustaining her. We can't disconnect from each other as a strategy to end transmission. We have to connect together to survive the journey, but be wise in the ways that we connect. If transmission is a fear that you have, then connect by phone or connect outdoors in the fresh air, but keep connecting. Increase your connection with your neighbours and friends. That's what I'd say. And if you find in this weird space that we're in at the moment that you don't now share the same views on life, then search for some new connections. Find your tribe and be with them. Take care of yourself and always remember, you have to nourish to flourish. Marina, as always, I've enjoyed talking with you. Thank you very much for your time. You're very welcome. Thank you, Angus. Thank you to Marina. Marina Shearer is offering a one-on-one coaching well-being checkup for listeners at a discounted rate. She is offering this through the month of February. Head to her website, profilecoaching.co.nz, to get in touch with her team and to find out more. Thinking of well-being for farmers, spare a thought for our West Coast farmers right now. Last year they had a 1 in 100 year flood event and it appears they are about to have a similar one. A couple of years ago I did a series with Niwa which predominantly talked about what farmers can expect through climate change and the warming of earth. One of the changes is increased rain events for areas like the west coast. The Met Service forecast currently states periods of heavy rain. Expect 150 to 200 millimetres of rain to accumulate about the ranges in 60 to 100 millimetres near the coast. This is in addition to what has already fallen. Peak rates of 20 to 35 millimetres per hour about the ranges are forecast over this weekend. This rain is expected to cause dangerous river conditions and significant flooding. Slips and floodwaters are likely to disrupt travel, making some roads impassable 
and possibly isolating communities. Farmers are working hard to move stock to higher ground, letting down wire fences and known flow paths to prevent them becoming clogged with debris and opening gates to allow debris to flow through. Farmers, particularly on the West Coast, if you are in need of help, remember there are organisations out there like the Rural Support Trust that are standing by, willing and able to help. Give them a call. That's all for me this week. Thank you for listening. Catch you next time and take care.